0: Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode number nine with Justin Bennett. Justin, Our podcast today is going to start off with a very, very strange question that you're going to unpack because this word that we're about to use really has really deep meaning when it comes to how you work with your client. And the question is,
0: what is Yope? Yope stands for Your Optimal Personal Economy. And what's behind that, Matt, happens to be 10 principles that we like to share with our clients to help them understand context and foundation and purpose behind why we do what we do.
1: Fantastic. Well, let's start breaking down these 10 you know, personal economy optimization principles, because this is how you work with your clients. And this, as our listeners will understand and get a better glimpse of what it would be like to be a client of yours, correct?
0: That's very true. And although all of these principles may not be obtained immediately, I think it's something that's continuously running in the background of our conversations with our clients. And so it's more of a mindset shift and a direction that we like to move the client in so that they could be really, really clear on what their planning is now. ultimately what it's going to look like as it continues to unfold.
1: Fantastic. Let's go with number one. Now, number one, I'm looking at this. Oh, and everybody who's listening, this is part of a white paper that Justin and his team wrote and is available on his website. So we will talk a little bit more about that at the end of the podcast. But if what we're talking about today really does intrigue you, which I know it will, please go to the website and download this white paper. It's really good information and it dives a little deeper than we're going to go in the podcast today. So you can just kind of sit back and read it. So, okay, Justin, what is the First
0: one. Sure. Number one, we talk to clients about the importance of having access to 12 months of your gross income. And when we say access, we want to make sure that, you know, there's the ability to very quickly and frankly, it could be, you know, within hours or same day, somebody can gain access to money to be able to address an unplanned life event that always does pop up, contrary to what people hope happens. Unplanned life events happen. That's why they're called unplanned. Mm-hmm. And so we think that um, you should have no less than 12 months of your gross income in available money. Hmm.
1: That seems like a lot, man.
0: Well, I think that's definitely a subjective comment. And although I appreciate it, I think that most Americans have much less than that. <laughs> right. And as a, am re- sorry,
1: I said, yeah, you're right. That's why I'm saying, well, that seems like a lot because I don't I mean, this is an eye opening statement from you for me is is uh, that's why I said, wow, it seems like a lot.
0: Yeah. And I think what happens is that if there's something less than that and there's not unplanned life event, then it naturally creates this, you know, this decision to turn to, let's say, uh, a short term credit card or Mm -hmm. a uh, an account that might be subject to taxes and penalties. So I think it creates a lot of harm in one's economy if the 12 months isn't there And so I think 12 months is right, and it shouldn't be anything less than 12 months.
1: Fantastic. And that leads us directly into number two, correct?
0: That's true. So number two, we say don't overspend. And so what ends up happening is if you think about it, most people start earning their income in whatever business or career that they may be in. And then over the course of time, more often than not, that income trends up right so the earnings may you know kind of go up or down year over year at times but ultimately point to point from when you start working to the you know last couple of years before you shift into the next phase of life which is called the distribution phase most times your income trends up and so we say don't overspend. So what we want to make sure is that you're not always spending 100% of that increase over the course of time because it's very easy to do that and that's just called a propensity to consume. So if you're always experiencing, you know, uh, this desire and and sometimes it's a lack of awareness, but this desire to spend money and a lot of times it's just, you know, the additional money that you're earning over and above the previous year's earnings, so don't overspend is number two.
1: Fantastic. And number three partners very easily with number one because it talks about saving.
0: That's true. And so number three would be save and invest twenty percent of your gross income on a consistent and regular basis. So we we think that you know it's very very critical, and we can dis- demonstrate and display that should somebody save twenty percent of their income on a continuous and regular basis, they're going to be able to get to a future result that's far more significant than if they were to try to focus on something that they cannot control like A potential rate of return, any one given year on any one given investment or asset. So save and invest 20% of your gross income on a consistent and regular basis is very important.
1: So we've talked about saving. We've talked about making sure that you're not overspending, but if you are saving and you're not overspending and you have that cash available to you in case an unplanned life event happens, there's still some protection that needs to be involved. And that's number four.
0: That's right, Matt. Number four, we would say, is to protect against threats and compromises that could impact you today. And so what it's very easy to do is always focus on a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years out when you know what you have today could be very much exposed to threats and compromises. So number four is definitely we have to make sure that you're properly protected against any of those threats and compromises that can derail you where you are now and where you want to go in the future.
1: One of the threats um, outside of uh, life events is the idea of overspending. And you have a good technique or some good advice to make sure that as your income increases, you don't overspend, which I think is number five. Is, Is that right? Go ahead.
0: That's right, Matt. Number five, we would say stick to a budget. And that doesn't mean that you need to compromise your lifestyle, but rather just have an awareness on how much money is coming in, how much money is going out, and frankly know maybe over the previous three to five years how much on average you've spent on one-time expenditures. You'll have an idea on what your reoccurring expenses are, and then have a little bit of an idea of what to expect over the next three to five. So you know, have some budgetary awareness. So number five, we would say stick to a budget.
1: Fantastic. What, what's number six?
0: We say number six would be to create multiple uses of your money. And what we mean there is that we we see planning, uh, or what we think people are trying to do uh, in the planning world, is to you know make decisions that are very much independent of one another. And so what ends up happening is there's you know a, a mortgage decision, there's a retirement plan decision, there's a life insurance decision, there's a college education planning decision, there's a tax decision, um, you know, and, and maybe a non-retirement investment account decision, and so. What ends up happening is there's all these independent decisions, but rather nothing's working together. And so therefore you have all this capital in these different silos and everything's doing a separate objective. And so what we help our clients with is maybe if we can have money be more efficient, where you can get multiple uses, multiple turns, multiple revolutions on the $1, then you create greater efficiency. And so we'll understand what the objectives may be. And then we'll create strategies that will allow money to get multiple turns on the dollar as opposed to having only one turn on the dollar.
1: Now, you had just kind of uh, opened the can of worms on a lot of people and their, and I'm air quoting here, planning Which really leads us to number seven, correct?
0: That's right. So I think what ends up happening is there's this like thought process that people could either do it on their own, which we're seeing a lot of times. And then unfortunately, it becomes a very confronting experience because the results are very much not in line with what somebody wants, you know, or they're taking a very piecemealed approach. So number seven would be get good help. And so we think that it's extremely critical to work with a professional, somebody that can have some sort of a plan that has very much a lot of clarity between where you are now, where you want to go. And, you know, what I see, Matt, is that the most successful people, frankly, have a ton of humility and a ton of confidence in a certain craft, and therefore they're able to generate a lot of income, a lot of money a lot of profit, but they don't understand how to truly put it together in a personal economy within a personal planning domain. And so therefore, it's very important that you get really, really good help.
1: Number eight is a powerful conversation that not a lot of financial services professionals are ready to do, which is talking with the loved ones about money, let's talk about number eight and unpack that for us a little bit more, please.
0: So number eight, we would say is have open communication with loved ones about money. And that wouldn't just be a spouse, but it may be children, it may be part business partners, it may be um, employees, but have this communication where, you know, there's not, you know, a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes around money that ultimately, you know, things come to a head and then it's a, a negative result for all parties involved. So, you know, talk about what it means to have money and what, you know, stuff and experiences that money can create. And when enjoying those experiences, help people understand that there's, you know, a level of responsibility to money to allow these life experiences to happen. And I think what ends up happening is there's good conversations that come out of that, which result in quality decisions. And I think we can help coach and frame our children, our spouses, our people that are closest to us in a way in which we really can let them know that we care not only about you know their world but around our world and how it relates together because i think you know people are so easy to shy away from the money conversation so just have a open communication about money with the people that we really care about. And
1: you have a couple of question examples to not only initiate how you talk about this, but could also help our listeners begin this conversation surrounding money with their family members. Can you read what those questions are, please?
0: Yeah, I mean, like a topic would be, as an example, having a conversation with our kids so that they understand and appreciate the value of money, right? Because what ends up happening is if they live a lifestyle or they're part of an upbringing that you know, is always getting more and more and more, and frankly, sometimes getting whatever they want, but yet don't understand what it takes to have that, then it's going to be hard for them to grow up to be young adults, and then ultimately older adults and really appreciate, you know, what it is, what money is, and and what the responsibility is around money. You know, another thing is that it's it's easy to talk about money when things are good. And Mm -hmm. it's easy to avoid talking about money when things aren't so good, right? So just be honest with, The good or the bad, and you don't need to spend a ton of time. But when things are good, you know, talk about it. And when things aren't as good as you want them to be, you talk about it too, and you figure out how to improve it. So having that honest conversation. And, you know, one of the things is that I always like to ask, you know, people like, hey, if you won the lottery, like a hundred million bucks, like what would you do differently in life? Like, how would life be different for you if you won a hundred million dollars? And sometimes it becomes such a, a foreign question because people, of course, would love to win the lottery, but they feel like they'll never win it. But, you know, if you spend some time with that question, I think, you know, one's true self really starts to come out.
1: Number nine really talks about noise, right? So there's so much noise in the marketplace of all of these different sorts of people, hyping, all sorts of stuff. You help with that. So what is, what is the ninth principle here?
0: Ninth principle is base financial decisions on verification, logic, and avoid hype and innuendo. And so, what ends up happening to your point, you hear the media by way of television, you read stuff, you see billboards, you see social, you hear a lot of information out there in the marketplace. And, you know, a lot of it is just that it's hype, it's misinformation, it's not factual. And so, if we can diffuse, which is very hard, but yet I think we're really, really good at that for our clients and with our clients to, you know, navigate through that baloney, but to get to the bottom of financial decisions from a factual standpoint. So that we can empower somebody to make a decision that's going to give them confidence and give them purpose on a forward-looking basis.
1: Well, before we hit number 10 here of the 10 principles, would you mind going back through uh, one through nine? Because I think number 10 is a culmination of a lot of those.
0: Sure. Number one, ensure you always have access to 12 months to your gross income. Number two, don't overspend. Number three, save and invest 20% of your gross income on a consistent basis. Number four, protect against threats and compromises. Number five, stick to a budget. Number six, create multiple uses of your money. Number seven, get good help from a professional. Number eight, have Open communication with loved ones about money. And number nine is to base financial decisions on verification and logic and avoid hype and innuendo.
1: All right, well, let's get to number 10.
0: So, number 10 is, like you said, kind of a a culmination of all those. But what we say is to reduce waste and inefficiency in your personal economy. Because a lot of times, what ends up happening is with this waste or inefficiency, you put a lot of pressure, you create a lot of headwind on what you're trying to do. And as an example, around that would be there's always going to be a trendy product or good that the marketplace is going to have. And so try not to always run out and buy that trendy good or jump on that fad and you know spend money on that because ultimately the novelty is going to wear off and the cost of that good or that fad is going to come down. And that's probably a good time to you know, maybe buy whatever it is that you think you want to have. So I think that's important. And, you know, another thing that we see all the time is just because a friend or a family member or a neighbor like has something doesn't mean that you have to run out and get it. Like, it doesn't mean that like you have to have it just because the, this other person does. So, you know, avoid finding yourself in that position. And, you know, one other example I would just say is to review your overall planning from a from a macroeconomic perspective because it's easy to get caught in the weeds. And when you're in the weeds, of your planning, you're going to find that there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of inefficiencies. There's a lot of concentration and there's a lot of waste that's happening that is hard to see, but rather when you can kind of come at it from a higher level and look at your planning and look at your money and look at your personal economy from that higher level through working with a a professional, I think you're going to be able to eliminate and reduce a lot of that waste.
1: Now, if people follow these 10 principles for creating your own optimal personal economy, what sort of things should they expect, though, Justin? So if they're working with a firm like yours, what are the things that they can kind of hang their hat on and say, even if they don't get all 10 of them, let's say they get eight out of the 10, there's still going to be a big difference made in their life. So what sort of things should they expect in working with a firm like yours?
0: Sure. We say there's a few outcomes that are going to come as a result of the work that we do. You're going to be able to remove worry. In doubt about your future as well as your family's future, because that's obviously important. You know, another thing that you're going to experience is that you're going to get a true peace of mind around, you know, what it means to be financially secure. You know, we tell clients that you're also going to have, frankly, more generous ability to spend your time and energy on things that are important to you and for you. You're going to ultimately find yourself in a position with cash flow, both now when you're working and maybe now when you're retired. Right, depending upon what stage of life you're at. And ultimately, you're going to find yourself leaving a meaningful legacy to your family, which I think is really, really important. And what ends up then happening when you wrap this all together is that you find yourself finding time to do the things that you really, really want to do and you've always talked about doing. And therefore, you can control that destiny in a much better way than if you were to, you know, follow this conventional way of thinking.
1: Well, Justin, I think you did a great job today explaining what is Yope. So if you want to know more about uh, Justin, if they want to download this white paper, which is the foundation of what we did this podcast, and really dive into what your own personal optimal economy is, how do they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Where can they find the paper?
0: I would suggest that you go to our website, BennettFG.com. And it's very, very clear and clean where you can click on, uh, you know, uh, the middle of the page where you could get a copy of this white paper, uh, this eight page white paper, which gives, you know, just a little bit more detail on some of the stuff that we talked about. So I would encourage you to go to the website BennettFG.com and then be able to download the paper right from the website and spend some time reading it over.
1: Fantastic. Justin, thank you for your thought leadership today. Thank you. We'll see you all again very, very soon on the same channel. Make sure that you take a moment to subscribe to the podcast by clicking the button wherever you're listening to it to subscribe.